only two days to go, 16 teams, 31 games and three weeks of non-stop football. Yes, on Wednesday, the 2022 UEFA Women's Euros kicks off at Old Trafford and two halves is back to look ahead at what will be an unbelievable tournament. And yes, you did hear another voice at the start there. We're joined for this special preview show by our senior reporter and now co-presenter on the Women's Euros, Addison Whelan. Senior? Jack, I'm only 12. That's her all right. She's Addison. He's Jack. And he's Harry. And And this this is Two Halves. You're very welcome back for the summer special of the only show in town for kids soccer here on RTE Junior. Coming up on the show... We'll be giving you our expert opinion and analysis as we all look ahead to the Euros. The Republic of Ireland team may not be represented at the Euros, but among the team of match officials is star referee Michelle O'Neill, who will be there as an official UEFA assistant ref. Are Spain going to be the runaway winners? What about England? The Republic of Ireland mightn't be there, but Northern Ireland are. We catch up with top soccer expert and RT sport pundit Lisa Fallon. We hear from the player of the moment for the Republic of Ireland and your club colleague at Shelburne, Addison, Abby Larkin. What a goal the other day. A jam-packed show as always. Addison, you're very welcome. We're delighted to have you. You know plenty about these 16 teams. What do you think? Will Spain dominate this tournament? Being realistic, I don't think Spain's going to run away with the tournament. I think the Netherlands are going to do it. Yeah, the Netherlands are a good shout. They won the last Euros in 2017. What makes you say the Netherlands are going to win it? Well, I think because they have a lot of great players. Vivian Miedemar is a great player to watch out for. Yeah, she plays for Arsenal and she's the Women's Super League's highest ever goal scorer in England. Addison, you wouldn't know that now because you're an Arsenal fan. Well, this is the second time England have hosted the Euros. They've never won the Euros and the men's don't do well in international competitions these days much either. But being the hosts, I think... That'll give the players more motivation and maybe the media will interfere and give them extra pressure, but I think they will perform. They will definitely make the semi-finals, in my opinion. And Ellen White up front is, like, she's brilliant up front for them. So, uh, yeah, I think England will have a good chance, but I don't think they'll win it. Well, I like Bette Maid because she's a striker and she plays for Arsenal. And I like Frank Kirby because my mom likes her. And of course, we can't forget that Serena Wiegmann, the now England manager, managed the team that knocked England out of the semi-finals of the last Euros, Netherlands. So it'll be interesting to see her managing against her old team. Yes, to be honest, I think they are. They're really good, but I don't think they'll win. There's a lot of better teams out there. Yeah, England have a lot of good players and they also have the likes of Nikita Paris, who starred for England back in the World Cup. Yeah, Nikita Paris is a great player and she's one of my favourite players for Arsenal. But England have a good advantage because they know all their home grounds and they're used to playing in them. Yeah, and the opening game is England-Austria in Manchester United Stadium at Old Trafford. So that's going to be a real good way to kick things off for the Women's Euros. Yeah, and it's really disappointing that the Republic of Ireland aren't in it this year because I really would have loved to watch them. But at least Northern Ireland are. They're really doing good. It was only last week when they destroyed Georgia 9-0 with Katie McKay bagging herself a hat-trick. 
Yeah, I was watching that game and it was great with Jesse and Abby Larkin linking up. The group that they were in, it's really tough. And that was a great game with Abby Larkin bagging herself at first of many international goals. I know Abby, she's at my club and she's a great player. She just lives across the way, right beside my other manager. And I think she's a great player because she's very young and she has talent. And my room is just covered with flags with signatures on. Most of them are all Noel Murray and Pearl and the other girls like Jesse. That's really cool. How did you get the signatures? After the games, me and my friends off my team, we all run onto the pitch and we get them. Yeah, that's right, Addison. You have a bit of a history of going onto those pitches and getting signatures, don't you? <laughs> uh, and jerseys, don't forget, Jack. <laughs> You're not <coughs> wrong, dude. Well, I'll always have Ronaldo's jersey. Sweden are currently the top-ranked team in Europe and second in the world to America. It's confusing how Sweden aren't in the top four favourites for this competition, considering they're so high ranked. Maybe it's just Sweden over long term, their form has been very good, but as of late, they haven't been up to the standard as maybe some of the other teams in this competition. I'd say don't write off Sweden, but I don't think they're going to win. Yeah, Jack, and in the last two years, Sweden have only lost once, and that was in the Olympics in the final against Canada. Addison, help us out here. Do you know or have any idea why Sweden aren't ranked favourites? Yeah, they're in Group C, Jack. They're in there with Portugal, the Netherlands and Switzerland. And of course, Portugal are there because they've replaced Russia. I don't really know why they're not up there. I think they should be. I'm looking forward to watching Sweden. I'll watch them with a lot of interest. Well, lads, as you know, now we have VAR being introduced to the women's Euros for the first time. Well, obviously, it's been controversial in the past. What do you think, Addison? Yeah, if they get it right. But I think it's great it's getting introduced to the women's. If the men has it, I think the women should have it. It's a great thing to have, just in case, you know. If they're going to use it sometimes, they might as well use it all the time. Well, the dark horses of this tournament, in my opinion, are Norway. They have Ada Hegerberg, who is arguably one of the best women's footballers in the world right now. So I think you can't write off Norway... Yeah, just watch out for them because they probably are the dark horses. Yeah, Ada Hedgebrick, great player. She's one to watch and she's the top goal scorer in women's Champions League football. She was given the first ever women's Ballon d'Or back in 2018 and she was only 22 at the time. And now she's the first woman to score in four different Champions League finals since she's just won it against Barcelona there, 3-1 with Leon. That was a cracking goal. So Norway are definitely the dark horses, but let's crack on to our predictions now. Are you still going with Netherlands, Addison? Yeah, my money's definitely on the Netherlands. I'll pass it over to you, Jack. It's a bit of a toss-up between England and Spain for me. Like, I think England will do very well, and like I said, they'll be given the extra motivation with the home advantage. But Spain being the favourites, obviously they're going to have to perform and live up to their favourite name. So, yeah, I think Spain will win it but only time will tell. I wouldn't write off Germany either because no one really seems to be talking about Germany like at all. And they've obviously won the most women's Euros. So is it going to be an England-Spain final then, Jack? It depends how the quarterfinals fall because if England obviously end up playing Spain, then they won't make it to the final. But if they end up on different sides, then yeah, I think it will be an England-Spain final. Well, I think the final is going to be different than England-Spain. I think it's going to be France versus Spain. And I think that Spain are going to win it. So Jack and Harry, you are saying Spain and I'm saying the Netherlands. Don't forget, two halves will be back 
when it's all over and we'll have all the analysis how the games went. We're delighted to introduce our next guest. She'll be a familiar face on RTA Sports as a pundit, but you'll be seeing lots of her over the next month covering the women's Euros. She's an ex-footballer herself and one of the most respected coaches in the country. She's been involved in many high-profile teams in England and in Ireland and is a UEFA Pro license holder working in FIFA High Performance Division. Phew, I need a rest after that introduction. Welcome to Two Halves, Lisa Fallon. Hi guys, great to be with you. Lisa, we didn't even get to mention half of your achievements in that introduction really. You're so well known and respected in footballing circles, male and female. But today we're talking about the women's Euros and it seems to me that women's football is really starting to get the respect and coverage it deserves this time around. Yeah, I think you're dead right. I think um, the women's game has grown massively. We will learn from this tournament. I think a lot of the time in previous tournaments, we talked about the importance of visibility and you know, can't see, can't be, and how that changes now to can see, can be. What will be really different about this Euros, this Women's Euros, is that at the end of it, we're going to be talking about genuine football superstars, and they're going to be women. I was over at the Women's Champions League final in May between Barcelona and Lyon, and I got to see myself, like I obviously worked with Chelsea women's team, you know, the majority of our players were international players. A lot of them play for England. They play for Sweden. They play for Norway. So a lot of those players that I worked with are going to be in the Euro. So I'm really excited to see that. But but even just to see in the last couple of years, even since the Women's World Cup in 2019, the way the game has evolved even more it's faster the players are more technical the tactics are more um you know they're, they're more comprehensive and the distances between the units is tighter it's going to be more difficult for teams to break other teams down we're going to see a lot more creativity but the game has evolved so much and i think that's what's going to be really exciting about this is the standards that we're going to see like you said the women's world cup in 2019 like that was one of the first times it started to get aired on telly and it was brilliant watching it. And now every few weeks, there's a magazine comes out, Match of the Day. And I always get it. And it's a women's special this week, all about the Euros. And you know what? I actually used to get Match of the Day and shoot when I was your age, lads. And I'm telling you now, that's gone back nearly 30 years or more than 30 years, possibly. Yeah. And um, I like I never saw a girl or a woman in one of those magazines ever. That's the difference that it is now. It's very normal just to see women playing football and to see it on TV and to see women's sport. And for that just to be really, really normal, I think is a great reflection of where the world is at right now and not before it's time. So Lisa, we've been talking about the Euros here. Spain are out in front as the favourites with the team made up of some Barcelona stars. Then there's England with Ellen White, Lucy Bronze and Beth Mead. And of course, they have the home advantage from the outset. Will it be as easy as that to call a winner? I don't think so. I think you're right. I think Spain, when you look back at the Euros in 2017, Spain were total outsiders. But because of the emergence of women's football with Barcelona and Real Madrid, and obviously Barcelona have really dominated the Women's Champions League in the last three years. So it's going to be so, so interesting to see how 
the domestic form in, in Spain transfers to the international team. England, of course, look, I've worked with a lot of the English players as well, like Millie Bright and Bethany England, and it's going to be so interesting. And I think the biggest challenge, I think England can definitely be contenders. Um, and they also have a new manager, Serena Wiegmann. And Serena Wiegmann was the manager of the Netherlands when they won it in Holland in 2017. So she has the experience of bringing a team on their home turf to win a Euros. So and, and she's so she's a big loss for the Netherlands, um, who are defending champions, but she is a massive addition for England. But it, you can't rule out Sweden, you can't rule out France, you can never rule out Germany. I think Norway are going to be have, have a serious say in this competition. They have a player, a striker called Ada Hegerberg. She is a striker with Leon as well, but she what didn't play in the 2019 World Cup because she stepped away from Norway from international football because she wasn't happy with the conditions that the women's team were under. And for me, she is potentially the best player in the world right now. Her being back in the Norway team is going to be huge for them. She played her first game for Norway in five years in April and she scored a hat-trick. She is a serious player. And I think the fact that she's back for Norway, I think Norway will be a very interesting team to follow in this tournament. Kind of like the men's national team, you can never, ever rule out Germany. I've read up on Bayern Munich's Leah Schuler and Wolfsburg's Lena Oberdorf who could really get them over the line. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think in 2019, Germany were kind of going through a bit of a transition. But they're also missing Melanie Leopold's. Um, she's a Chelsea player. She's actually pregnant at the moment, so she's not going to be there. And Jennifer Marajan is also missing, and she is a, such an influential midfielder for, for Germany. Um, but you're right, those young players that we saw in 2019 are much more experienced now. Yes, I think, look, you can never rule Germany out. They're just that type of team. And do you think there's a group of death, or which is the hardest group? Oh, I... I think from a Northern Ireland perspective, I think they're in such a tough group. They're in the same group as England and Norway and Austria. There's probably not many tougher teams they could have had in their group. So I feel for them. But listen, it's a great opportunity for them to go and um, play against these teams. Do you think there will be a total dark horse that comes flying up? That's a really good question. I think Denmark are interesting. They have Pernilla Harder plays for them. For me, I think possibly because not many people are really talking about Norway, I just think Norway could be the ones because everyone's talking about England. Everyone's talking about the Netherlands as the former winners. France have such an outstanding team, but they never seem to really click when they come into a tournament, but they should based on the quality that they have. So Lisa, predictions wise, who do you think will make the final? If England can manage the pressure, I think we might, we probably see England in the final. I need to see a bit more of Spain and just see how they transfer into a major tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Norway-England final. That'd be a good game. Are you excited about the next couple of weeks? You'll be completely immersed in football. 
Oh, listen, when you get up every day and there's football on, I'm sure you couldn't be but delighted with yourself. So it's going to be really exciting. I'm very excited to be part of RTE's team for the Euros. And um, I'm actually, I'm going to be over there for the, the opening game between England and Austria in Old Trafford. I'll be there co-commentating. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think we're going to see some really incredible football and yeah I just honestly cannot wait. Lisa Fallon it's been a pleasure having you on two halves. Hatrick hero Casey McCabe and player of the match Megan Connolly helped the Republic of Ireland beat Georgia 9-0 last week but there was a very special moment for 17 year old Shelburne player Abby Larkin who headed one home in the 82nd minute on her competitive debut. Two halves caught up with her to find out if she's still buzzing after that performance and her predictions for Euro 2022. Hi Addison, Harry and Jack, it's Abby Larkin here, how are you? I started playing football when I was about four. Yeah, I was a young age. My other hobbies would be, I like playing guitar and I used to do horse riding as well, which is another one. Very unpredictable, but yeah. So I'm still on a high from Monday. It was an unbelievable experience to get my first women national goal for Ireland. It was actually, for, it started from Diane Caldwell, that, and then to Jess, and then to me, and we're like close in the camp as well. We got a picture on the plane before that. It was the three of us, and um, we called ourselves the Dream Team, and we decided then we ended up getting a goal together, which was like phenomenal. It was so good. As soon as I got my goal, I seen Jess header it, and I was like, "This is gonna come to me." So I was like, "I just have to put this in the back of the net." So obviously done that, and the look on like everyone's faces and my face, I was like so happy and proud. It's been amazing. Like all my family and everything has been proud of me. I've gotten so my my phone's been hopping. Like I've gotten so many texts, and messages of like. People saying, oh, congratulations, like, it's such a proud moment to have. I'm just still buzzing now, actually. <laughs> My predictions for the Euros would probably be England. They just get lucky in these type of moments. Yeah, I think they're going to happen in the bag this year. I think women's soccer is finally getting the recognition they deserve and the coverage they deserve. When I was younger, I didn't even have, like, a female athlete to, like, look up to really at the time because it wasn't a big deal. But now I'd say loads of people are growing up like following the likes of Kate and Cave and all sorts, like, which is good, obviously. Um, and it's good to look up to like people that they're female. But yeah, I think it's helped the women's soccer because um, even financing over we're getting so much more money into it. And the facilities are obviously getting much better. And the support as well, which is even crazier. So back to you with studio, Addison, Harry and Jack. Well, that's it for this preview show. You've heard our predictions. Don't forget, you can let us know yours. Email junior at rte.ie or use the hashtag two halves. And remember, RTE will be the home of women's soccer this July with the live broadcast of all 31 games of the UEFA Women's Euro 2022. A first for Irish primetime television. Thanks again to all our guests on the show today and to my co-presenters, Jack and Harry. You're not bad. Yeah, you seem to know your stuff. Coming from an Arsenal fan, it means a lot. I know, seriously, Addison, it was brilliant to have you on the show. We'll be back when it's all over at the end of July with our post-tournament analysis. Until then, enjoy your summer, watch football, play football, and keep it here on RTE Junior Radio.
We'll talk to you all after the Euros. Too hot.